BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. If you don't already, make sure you're following us on social media or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds, where you'll see fun behind-the-scenes content and keep up to date with all of our episodes. You can also send us a note anytime to our email. We are professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. And make sure you follow us subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Every single podcaster says, but it does really help us when you do those steps. So we really appreciate it. All of that said, hi, Joe. Hi, Emma. Our first episode in 2024. Our our first recording recorded in 2024. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, welcome back to the mic. I feel a little rusty. (laughs) Me too. We both just had, what, two weeks off? Yeah. moved house and I got a cricket for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. So we're getting back into the swing and hopefully with a very fun episode, we did this last year, our Mm -hmm. most anticipated of the year, and we're back (laughs) to talk about what we are absolutely dying to read to consume in 2024 uh but i joe i will admit this is a hard prompt because yes. one there's too many good books already there are way too many good books we already know about them you i've said it before are like voracious in your list of these are all the people that i follow that i need to know what's coming next but there's also new things. And so this is just tough. Yes. So this is a really tall ask for an episode topic. So the caveat here is these are our most anticipated of the year to the best of our knowledge (laughs) as we record, because there are obviously things that are going to come out that haven't been announced that we're going to lose our minds over. And so hopefully this is just a fun way for your people to look forward, to hear about some of these books that are coming out in 2024, ones that we already have like bookmarked and put aside. And some of them you've heard us talk about already, and some of them will be brand new recommendations. So a lot of big, a lot of big caveats. We reserve the right to add to this list, to change our minds. Uh, this is also by no means exhaustive because we can't keep y'all here forever. Right. We're also not going to read the full descriptions on all of these. Like we usually do just because we're doing more than we usually do selfishly. So yeah. And (laughs) because also some of these books, like we don't have any info on them yet. 
right. Some of these aren't in our usual databases yet. Some we just have like a, the tiniest of blurbs. We might only have the title. Like, <laughs> Yep. So with our 10,000 caveats, we hope you enjoy our picks for what we are most excited about, most anticipating ahead in 2024. To kick us off, I'm going to start with my first pick that does not need Again, a ton of introduction because I've already talked about it, and it is Feybound by Sarah L. Arifi. This book has been on my radar for many, many moons now. I absolutely cannot wait for people to read this, and it very conveniently comes out on my birthday this year, January 23rd, 2024. So you don't, again, have too long to wait into the year, but this follows two elven sisters who become imprisoned in the intoxicating world of the Fae where danger and love lie in wait. I really don't know that you need tons more if you're into fantasy, if you're into Fae, if you're into elves, if you like romance and you like intrigue, you like political courts, everything is in this book. And I also think everyone should read everything by Sarah L. Arifi. She has written one other series before that finishes, I believe, later this summer. And uh, that is The Final Strife and the Battle Drum. And the final book is The Ending Fire. So you're actually getting a two for one with this recommendation. But Feybound, January 23rd. Joe, (laughs) what's your first pick? Look, I'm starting off with my most anticipated pick of the year. Number one is my number one. And this won't be a surprise when everyone hears it. Um, But I hope it's a surprise if you haven't heard that this is coming. This is Somewhere Beyond the Sea by TJ Klune. Um, Emma's impact on me is a strong one. I have already pre-ordered a special edition of this. But what makes this so anticipated for me so important to me somewhere beyond the sea is the hugely anticipated sequel to tj clune's the house in the cerulean sea one of the best loved and best-selling fantasy novels of the past decade i i can't talk about this too much because i'll just get emotional because i'm so excited but a magical house a secret past a summons that could change everything we're returning to arthur Um, And Linus, Arthur Parnassus, lives a good life built on the ashes of a bad one. He is not alone. Joining him is the love of his life, Linus Baker, a former caseworker in the department in charge of magical youth. And there's the island sprite, Zoe Chapelwhite, and her girlfriend, Mayor Helen Webb. Together, they will do anything to protect the children. But when Arthur is summoned to make a public statement about his dark past, he finds himself at the helm of a fight for the future that his family and all magical people deserve. Somewhere Beyond the Sea is a story of resistance, lovingly told about the daunting experience of fighting for the life you want to live and doing the work to keep it. So that is Somewhere Beyond the Sea by TJ Klune, out September 10th. I'm like shaking. I'm so excited for this. It's going to be such a good one. And I like remember a- when this was like announced and I was like, Joe, oh, we were both like, the book, the book. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We were texting each other at the same time about it happening. I mean, TJ came out of his hiatus to promote it on social. And I'm just, the cover is beautiful. I'm so excited. I don't even know if I'm ready for a sequel. I didn't even think a sequel was possible. 
just in the sense of like he doesn't tend to write sequels in his modern era and yeah 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 yeah. so anyway that's my number one i'm gonna make it to september to read this book i was just gonna say how long is the wait again i don't so remember nine months oh a little bit so just a, just a little wait that's exciting though and my next pick is another one that again the minute we heard about it. I was like, yep, all the things. Yes, yes, yes. And actually, we did hear a little bit about this in my conversation with Emily Henry and Julia Whalen from 2023, where she did mention what she was working on. And that's Funny Story by Emily Henry. This comes out April 23rd this year. And it's just a new romance from Emily Henry. Her books for me are auto-buy books. And so this one is no exception especially when I heard what the actual premise of this one was going to be. So Daphne always loved the way her fiance, Peter, told their story, how they met on a blustery day, how they fell in love over an errant hat and moved back to his lakeside hometown to begin their life together. He really was good at telling it right up until the moment he realized he was actually in love with his childhood best friend, Petra, which is how Daphne begins her new story. Stranded in beautiful Waning Bay, Michigan, without friends or family, but with a dream job as a children's librarian that barely pays the bills, and proposing to be roommates with the only person who could possibly understand her predicament. Petra's ex, Miles Nowak, scruffy and chaotic with a penchant for taking solace in the sounds of heartbreak love ballads, Miles is exactly the opposite of practical, buttoned-up Daphne, whose co-workers know so little about her, they have a running bet that she's either FBI or in witness protection. The roommates mainly avoid one another until one day, while they're drowning their sorrows, they form a tenuous friendship and a plan. If said plan also involves posting deliberately misleading photos of their summer adventures together, well, who could blame them? But it's all just for show, of course, because there's no way Daphne would actually start her new chapter by falling in love with her ex-fiance's new fiance's ex, right? That's a funny story by Emily Henry out April 23rd. Sounds so good. Who doesn't want some new Emily Henry? I know I can say that now. (laughs) Yes. So Joe and I, Emily Henry Book Club. The moment, the moment we can get our hands on it. My next pick is one that I know is on both of our lists. I surreptitiously stole it off of yours and said, no, this one's mine. It is the new Riley Sager shocker that we're recommending a Riley Sager book that we're eagerly awaiting a Riley Sager book. I get it. But come on. This is Middle of the Night by Riley Sager. This will be out June 18th. In the latest jaw-dropping thriller from New York Times bestselling author Riley Sager, a man must contend with the long-ago disappearance of his childhood best friend and the dark secrets lurking just beyond the safe confines of the picture-perfect neighborhood he lives in. I am dying for this one because this is like the first male protagonist he's presenting us with. Usually we have kind of like a final girl female protagonist vibe, and I'm very excited to see how he writes a male main character. The worst thing to ever happen on Helmlock Circle occurred in Ethan Marsh's backyard. One July night, 10-year-old Ethan and his best friend and neighbor Billy fell asleep in a tent set up on the manicured lawn in a quiet, quaint New Jersey cul-de-sac. In the morning, Ethan woke up alone. During the night, someone had sliced the tent open with a knife and taken Billy. He was never seen again. 
30 years later, Ethan has reluctantly returned to his childhood home, plagued by bad dreams and insomnia. He begins to notice strange things happening in the middle of the night. Someone seems to be roaming the cul-de-sac at odd hours, and signs of Billy's presence keep appearing in Ethan's backyard. Is someone playing a cruel prank, or has Billy Long, thought to be dead, somehow returned to Hemlock Circle? The mysterious occurrences prompt Ethan to investigate what really happened that night, a quest that reunites him with former friends and neighbors, and leads him into the woods that surround Hemlock Circle. Woods where Billy claimed ghosts roamed and where a mysterious institute does clandestine research on a crumbling estate. The closer Ethan gets to the truth, the more he realizes that no place, be it quiet forest or suburban street, is is completely safe, and that the past has a way of haunting the present. So that is Middle of the Night by Riley Sager, out June 18th. How good does that sound? This sounds incredible and has sounded so good again mm-hmm. since he told us about it I know. Um, <laughs> last year. I cannot wait. And the cover, that bright green font. The yep. bright green font with the like miniatures used to create the neighborhood is perfection. It's it's just great. This is I, very much along the the like Stranger Things vibes that have been circulating around, but in an updated way. It's kind of like the it jump after when they're all adults. I mean, so many, so many good comps. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to it as well. And my next pick is one I think I stole from you, insisted it be on my list, even though it could be on both of our lists as well. Probably. And that is This Summer Will Be Different by Carly Fortune. This is out May 7th. Again, we are returning to the wonderful writing of Carly Fortune. Joe and I talked pretty extensively about her books last year in a couple of episodes when Joe sort of dipped his toe more into the romance genre. And so Carly Fortune is back. This book follows Lucy. So she's a tourist vacationing at a beach house on Prince Edward Island. Felix is the local who shows her a very good time. The only problem, Lucy doesn't know he's her best friend's younger brother. Lucy and Felix's chemistry is unreal, but the list of reasons why they need to stay away from each other is long, and they vow to never repeat that electric night again. Easier said than done. Each year, Lucy escapes to Prince Edward Island, or PEI, for a big breath of coastal air, fresh oysters, and crisp vino verde with her best friend, Bridget. Every visit begins with a long walk on the beach beneath soaring red cliffs and a golden sun. And every visit, Lucy promises herself she won't wind up in Felix's bed. Again. If Lucy can't help being drawn to Felix, at least she's always kept her heart out of it. When Bridget suddenly flees Toronto a week before her wedding, Lucy drops everything to follow her to the island. Her mission is to help Bridget through her crisis and resist the one man she's never been able to. But Felix's sparkling eyes and flirty quips have been replaced with something new, and Lucy's beginning to wonder just how safe her heart truly is. Everything about this sounds fantastic. I personally think her books get better and better. I know there's only been a few of them so far, but I have enjoyed each one more than the last. And I Mm -hmm. think this will be the case for this as well. So This Summer Will Be Different by Carly Fortune is out May 7th. So excited for it. And I I agree. I think they get better as they go. I, yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds so good. It sounds dreamy. Oh, mm -mm -mm. (laughs) mm-mm-mm. 
<laughs> and we look at I, what you've done to me. Tro- I we, I talk about this a lot. I love these tropes, like the we really shouldn't sort of like you know uh-huh. my best friend's brother, like you know. It just right. adds a nice layer of spice to the story, not spice, but like that, like tension. The will yes, they, tension. won't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not just will they, won't they. It's also like what are the ripple effects if they? Yeah, right. And again, I tolerate a lot of things in reading that I don't think I would tolerate in real life, and so oh, that yeah. added level of drama, we love it in a book. That's what I love about Carly's writing is that like. I would not put up with any of it in real life, but it is seemingly what I enjoy reading. (laughs) I'm bringing the shockers to the table so far with my first two books. A new TJ Klune, of course, I'm recommending it. A new Riley Sager, of course, I'm looking forward to it. A new Clarabelle A. Ortega installment to the Witchling series, of course, I'm bringing it to the table. So this is not a shocker. This is House of Elephants, book three of the Witchling series, which you've heard Jill and I fawn about over the years. It's an absolutely wonderful new series by Clarabel A. Ortega. This comes out October 1st. They're making me wait for my heavy hitters this year, Emma. They are making me wait. So This is the third book in the Spellbinding Witchling series, and it's been months since the end of book two, The Golden Frog Games, and a cure for the hex that turned young witches to stone still hasn't been found. Seven and Thorn want nothing more than to find a way to heal their friends, but everything they try ends in failure. When the Black Moon Ceremony arrives earlier than expected, Seven and Thorn take it as a chance to welcome any new spares into their coven. But rather than welcoming a few spares like they thought, all the witchlings in the ceremony are chosen to enter the Spare Coven. The new Spares are met with anger from the Hill Society. They create more unfair laws that ban Spares from using magic and being equals in the 12-town... What? And being equals in the 12-town society. On top of all that, Spares start disappearing and no one seems to care. As Seven and Thorn struggle to find a cure for the Stone Hex and stop the Twelve Towns' unfair treatment of Spares once and for all, they discover a piece of hidden history that will change everything if they can get anyone to listen. So again, that is House of Elephants by Clarabelle A. Ortega, book three in the Witchling series, out October 1st. I'm dying for this. I'm dying for this. That sounds great. And October. October. I mean, like, a perfect release date for a new book in a witchy series, but, like, what about me? (laughs) How am I going to make it? You've got to wait (laughs) a hot minute. Yeah, I sure do. Emma, what's your next pick? One that I will not spend tons of time talking about because I've already waxed poetic about it a billion times. And so we will just mention it with excitement and the note that it comes out in three weeks. And that is House of Flame and Shadow by Sarah J. Mass. I promise, well, I don't promise, but I will try my best to stop talking about this book in this series. It comes out January 30th. I'm debating taking off work so I can read it when I have my copy in hand. Yep. The, I, I see. Um, yeah. So House of Flame and Shadow, the third in the Crescent City series. We've waited two years, people. So I am really, 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 really excited for this We're book. almost there. Almost. We're almost there. <laughs> almost. The, uh, yes. So me and many, many, many other people will collectively be losing our minds on January 30th. So I think you should take off. 
I really think I need to. Uh, I think you do too. So, because I will have to avoid the internet entirely until I am done. So, yeah, it's a dangerous world. Here is my plug to any of our listeners who are planning on reading this. And in general, no spoilers, no Crescent City spoilers. Yeah, because that's why I have to avoid the internet because it all of these things are always on every single one of my feeds because uh-huh. it's what I'm interested in. But yep. um, yeah, I don't I don't want to spoil it. It's how I've literally ruined who wins Love Island every season for myself. Every <laughs> single season, I have tried really hard not, and then it I inevitably I forget to mute something. So no spoilers. But Crescent City Three, House of Flame and Shadow, January thirtieth. Be there, be square. Joe, what's your next pick? (laughs) Be there or be square. Um, I'm really just unabashedly myself on this list because we're hitting book number four. And I know I just did this with the last one, but, you know, book number one, book number two, book number three, none of those were shocking for me. Uh, Book number four should also not be shocking. It's a celebrity memoir. Who would I be if not a celebrity memoir reader? (laughs) And by none other than RuPaul. So I'm really just hitting all of my marks with this one. This is The House of Hidden Meanings by RuPaul. And this will be out March 5th. So finally, something I don't have to wait too long for. Uh, But if you are unaware, RuPaul is an international drag superstar and pop culture icon. And this is his most revealing and personal work to date. A brutally honest, surprisingly poignant, and deeply intimate memoir of growing up Black, poor, and queer in a broken home to discovering the power of performance, found family, and self-acceptance. It's called A Profound Introspection of His Life, Relationships, and Identity. The House of Hidden Meaning is a self-portrait of the legendary icon on the road to global fame and changing the way the world thinks about drag. So again, House of Hidden Meanings by RuPaul, out March 5th. Such an exciting look. I think even more right into... I th- I think there's something about this one, like Ruse put out his fair share of books. Like he's got quite a few books, some that aren't even sold anymore. Um, and they're all, all of the covers are him in drag. They're usually some sort of just like outrageous wax poetic on the world in general. Like his last book, Guru, was truly just a book of gorgeous photos of him in drag with random quotes. Like it was silly if i'm like if i'm honest it was just silly but this is like truly memoir style behind the looking glass and i'm really excited to see what he plans to talk about yeah i think this will be one i can't wait to hear what you thought what you think as soon as you have it in your hands i'm gonna do everything i can to get it early My next pick is The Book of Love by Kelly Link. This comes out February 13th. In the I'm just, yes, this is, I love when they write good descriptions because it just draws you in and you're just like, everything about this is what I want. So in the long-awaited debut novel from best-selling author and Pulitzer Prize finalist Kelly Link, three teenagers become pawns in a supernatural power struggle. Dun, dun, dun. The Book of Love showcases Kelly Link at the height of her powers, channeling potent magic and attuned to all varieties of love, from friendship to romance to abiding family ties with her trademark compassion, wit, and literary daring do. That is not a real word. I know it is, but okay. 
Readers will find joy and a little terror and affirmation that love goes on even when we cannot. Late one night, Laura, Daniel, and Mo find themselves beneath the fluorescent lights of a high school classroom, almost a year after disappearing from their hometown, the small seaside community of Lovesend, Massachusetts, having long been presumed dead, which in fact, they are. With them in the room uh, is their previously unremarkable high school music teacher, who seems to know something about their disappearance and what has brought them back again. Desperate to reclaim their lives, the three agree to the terms of the bargain their music teacher proposes. They will be given a series of magical tasks. While they undertake them, they may return to their families and friends, but they can tell no one where they've been. In the end, there will be winners and there will be losers. But their resurrection has attracted the notice of other supernatural figures, all with their own agendas. As Laura, Daniel, and Mo grapple with the pieces of the lives they left behind, And Laura's sister, Susanna, attempts to reconcile what she remembers with what she fears. These mysterious others begin to arrive, engulfing their community in danger and chaos. And it becomes imperative that the teens solve the mystery of their deaths to avert a looming disaster. Welcome to Kelly Link's incomparable love send where you'll encounter love and loss, laughter and dread, magic and karaoke, and some really good pizza. That is The Book of Love by Kelly Link. Again, her much-anticipated debut novel comes out February 13th. This sounds so good. Like, I'm sold. Uh, Doesn't it sound great? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds amazing. And the cover is lovely as well. (laughs) I want to see this, like, foil in real life. Yes, exactly. This looks gorgeous and sounds beautiful. Our lists are just proving, uh, once again, that you like what you like and never be ashamed of that. Put whatever you want to read on your reading list. That's that's what this is all about. And my next pick, uh, look, I'm of a certain age. I'm YouTube trash. I love YouTubers. I love content. I'm still consuming it. Uh-huh. Emma's reacting to it. My uh, next pick. <laughs> shouting on mute. I know she's <laughs> screaming on mute. I can I can hear her. <laughs> I didn't know they had a cookbook. Yep, it's coming. It's coming out in March. Uh, of course, Josh has his own cookbook that he put out years ago, but from Rhett and Link, this is the mythical cookbook by Josh Scherer. Uh, the mythical cookbook is 10 simple rules for cooking deliciously, eating happily, and living mythically. This is out March 11th. I love Good Mythical Morning. I love Rhett and Link. I love Mythical Kitchen. I'm so excited for this. The photographs that I've seen online are absolutely stunning. It includes so much of the staff from Mythical, um, you know, named with Josh as the author, but also with the help of the Mythical Kitcheneers. So from the larger than life team behind the internet's most watched daily show, Good Mythical Morning and culinary spinoff Mythical Kitchen, a one of a kind cookbook with 100 recipes for living a mythical and delicious life. When it comes to food, the good, the gooder, and the shockingly not ungood mythical chef Josh, Rhett and Link, and the mythical kitcheneers have just about done it all. They've taste-tested, myth-busted, and dreamed up the most inventive, delicious, and ridiculous foods imaginable, all for your eyeballs to eat on screen. But since your mouth does a much better job of eating than your eyes, this flavor-packed cookbook is bringing the best of mythical, extended universe into your kitchen. From breakfast to dessert and everything in between, inside these pages, you'll find fan favorites and new inspirations, including garlic bread McMuffins, chicken and waffle pot pie, grilled cheese ramen, 
Link's Mom's Country Fried Steak, Rhett's Top Secret Baked Beans, Animal Style Mac and Cheese, Skittle Milk French Toast, Flamin' Hot Cheetos Chicken Sandwich, Sriracha Fish and Chips, Elvis's Bread Pudding, Pop-Tart Lava Cakes, and so much more. Filled with one-of-a-kind recipes, profound life advice, candid photos, and at least one weird story about an angry toaster that's come to life, the Mythical Cookbook will help you cook deliciously, eat happily, and live mythically. Have no fear, while their on-screen creations push food to the limits, the recipes in this book are delicious and doable for real life in real kitchens. Bring extra napkins to the table, you'll need them. So that is Rhett and Link present The Mythical Cookbook by Josh Sheriff. Out March 11th. Yay. How exciting is that? Like, I love come that. on. <laughs> I love that. The whole yes to the YouTube era. Yes. Mm-hmm. Give me YouTube or give me YouTube. Yeah. I don't want options. Exactly. And again, as Joe said, this is really, we like what we like. And I we make no apologies. It's indulgent. Yeah. We make no apologies. My next pick, and again, I think this is also like a shared pick, is So Thirsty by our friend Rachel Harrison. This comes out September 10th. The minute, minute, uh, we heard that this next book would be Vampires. We were fighting over it. (laughs) Uh, Like fighting. Vampires plus like Thelma and Louise. So 1,000%. If you have not read anything by Rachel Harrison yet, what are you doing? Uh, Read her. (laughs) Read her books. So Thirsty, again, it comes out September 10th, so we have eons to wait. As Sloane Parker is dreading her birthday, she doesn't need a reminder she's getting older or that she's feeling indifferent about her own life. Her husband surprises her with a birthday weekend getaway, not with him, but with Sloane's longtime best friend, troublemaker extraordinaire, Naomi. Sloane anticipates a weekend of wine tastings, cozy robes, and strategic avoidance of issues she'd rather not confront like her husband's repeated infidelity. But when they arrive at their rental cottage, it becomes clear Naomi has something else in mind. She wants Sloane to stop letting things happen to her, for Sloane to really live. So Naomi orchestrates a wild night out with a group of mysterious strangers, only for it to take a horrifying turn that changes Sloane's and Naomi's lives literally forever. The friends are forced to come to terms with some pretty eternal consequences in this bloody, seductive novel about how it's never too late to find satisfaction, even though it might taste different than expected. So Thirsty comes out September 10th, and I do have it on good authority that this is also her smuttiest book yet. So I also cannot wait for that. (laughs) And by good authority, I mean from Rachel. (laughs) From Rachel, yeah. (laughs) I cannot wait to read this. I'm in love with the fact that she's giving us vampires. She just writes beautiful friendship dynamics or, you know, I love to abuse the word beautiful, but like complex friendship dynamics if there is tension it is so tense if there is like love and admiration it is so deep and i'm still constantly thinking about black sheep so to get another like what's bound to be another perfect book from her in a year after after the last one i'm ready she's such a good writer and yeah so thirsty rachel harrison BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Joe, what is your next pick? Okay, look, I am still in love with horror and that's not going to stop. I've I've found my little niche in the world that I like to pick from when I'm not flouncing about with other titles that catch my fancy. And so this one speaks to me from the cover alone, the font choice, the title. I'm here for it. So this one is one of the ones where we know very little about it because, you know, July is a bit of a ways away and we've just got a short description to uh, kind of wet our whistle, but we're taking place in 1989, La Mesa, Texas, a small West Texas town driven by oil and cotton and a place where everyone knows everyone else's business. So it goes for Tolly Driver, a good kid with more potential than application. He's 17 and about to be cursed to kill for revenge. Here, Stephen Graham Jones explores the Texas he grew up in, the unfairness of being on the outside, and through the slasher horror lens, he lives, but from the perspective of the killer. Tolly, writing his own autobiography. Find yourself rooting for a killer in this summer teen movie of a novel gone full blood curdling tragic. That is I Was a Teenage Slasher by Stephen Graham Jones, out July 16th. Who doesn't love like a teen slasher? Like, this is what I want to watch and what I want to read. (laughs) Yeah, if you you don't, I don't want to know. (laughs) Don't tell us. Don't tell us. (laughs) My next pick is another one from one of my staple autobi authors. Again, this year has so many of my favorites releasing new books. And so this list is was just impossible to narrow down to the like short. 15 picks that we allowed ourselves for this episode. And my next pick is The Hunter by Tana French. This comes out March 5th. I love every single one of her books. They are just so well written. The mystery is just exquisite. And so I am very much excited for this new book. Also, the cover is like an orange, yellow, like everything's it looks like it's on fire, but it's obviously not anyways. Um, so it's a blazing summer when two men arrive in a small village in the West of Ireland. One of them is coming home. Both of them are coming to get rich. One of them is coming to die. Cal Hooper took early retirement from Chicago PD and moved to rural Ireland looking for peace. He's found it more or less. He's built a relationship with a local woman, Lena, and he's gradually turning Trey Reddy from a half-feral teenager into a good kid going good places. But then Trey's long-absent father reappears, bringing along an English millionaire and a scheme to find gold in the townland. And suddenly, everything the three of them have been building is under threat. 
Cal and Lena are both ready to do whatever it takes to protect Trey, but Trey doesn't want protecting. What she wants is revenge. From the writer who is in a class by herself, according to the New York Times and me and many others, <laughs> a nuanced and atmospheric tale that explores what we'll do for our loved ones, what we'll do for revenge, and what we sacrifice when the two collide. I, again, I love everything that this woman writes and I will order it without literally a single thought about what the plot is. <laughs> so, um, but this one sounds fantastic. This is again, The Hunter by Tana French, and this is out March 5th. For sure. One of your autobuys. You're here, Tana French, and I know you're already there. My next pick got me from the cover and kept me with the description. It's, you know, millennial pink, so I'm in. This is Youth Juice by E.K. Sethu. This one is out June 4th. It's American Psycho meets Devil Wears Prada. Outrageous body horror for the goop generation. A bloodthirsty copywriter realizes that beauty is possible at a terrible cost in this surreal, satirical send-up of New York City it girl culture. If that didn't get you, maybe this will. So from Sophia Banyan's first day on the storytelling team at Hebe, a luxury skincare wellness company based in New York's trendy Soho neighborhood, it's clear that something is deeply amiss. But Sophia, pushing 30 with plenty of skeletons in her closet next to designer knockoffs, doesn't care. Though she leads an outwardly charmed life, she aches for a deeper meaning to her flat existence and a cure for her brutal nail-biting habit. She finds it all and more at Hebe, and with Tree Whitestone, Hebe's charismatic founder and CEO. Soon Sophia is addicted to her Hebe lifestyle, especially youth juice, the fatty, soothing moisturizer Tree has asked Sophia to test. But when cracks in Hebe's infrastructure start to worsen, and Sophia learns the gruesome secret ingredient at the heart of youth juice, she has to decide how far she's willing to go to stay beautiful forever. Glittering with ominous flashes of Sophia's coming-of-rage story, former beauty editor E.K. Sethu's horror debut is as incisive as it is stomach-churning in its portrayal of all-consuming female friendship and the beauty industry's short attention span. Youth Juice does to skincare influencers what Brett Easton Ellis did to yuppies. You'll never moisturize the same way again. So that is Youth Juice by E.K. Sethu, out June 4th. It sounds fantastic, but also, right, like horrifying. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but it sounds fantastic. It sounds fantastic. I love horror. I can sometimes be a little iffy on body horror, so I'm interested to see what their body horror is like and what my experience will be with it, but I'm I'm here for it. What about you, Emma? What's next? My next one, apparently I'm just going to do both Hunter titles back to back, but my next pick is called Heartless Hunter. This is by Kristen Siccarelli, and it is the first book of the new Crimson Moth. Uh, I believe it's also called the Crimson Moth in other markets outside of the US. So as a heads up, if you are outside of United States and you're looking for this, it is called The Crimson Moth. But Heartless Hunter. On the night, Rune's life changed forever. Blood ran in the streets. Now in the aftermath of a devastating revolution, witches have been diminished from powerful rulers to outcasts, ruthlessly hunted due to their waning magic, and Rune must hide what she is. Spending her days pretending to be nothing more than a vapid young socialite, Rune spends her nights as the Crimson Moth, 
a witch vigilante who rescues her kind from being purged. When a rescue goes wrong, she decides to throw the witch hunters off her scent and gain the intel she desperately needs by courting the handsome Gideon Sharp, a notorious and unforgiving witch hunter loyal to the revolution, who she can't help but finding herself falling for. Gideon loathes the decadence and superficiality Rune represents, but when he learns the Crimson Moth has been using Rune's merchant ships to smuggle renegade witches out of the Republic, he inserts himself into her social circles by pretending to court her right back. He soon realizes that beneath her beauty and shallow facade is someone fiercely intelligent and tender who feels like his perfect match. Except what if she's the very villain he's been hunting? Kristen Siccarelli's Heartless Hunter is the thrilling start to the Crimson Moth duology, a romantic fantasy series where the only thing more treacherous than being a witch is falling in love. All of the things that I like, yes. Uh, So this is young adult. This is historical fiction. This is romance. This is fantasy. We have witches. We have witch hunters. We have vigilantes. It's a duology, which is one of our professional book nerds reading challenge prompts for 2024. So this is the first book. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, <laughs> check, check, check. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. So um, this is Heartless Hunter. I don't know if I said it comes out on February 20th. I do have a copy of this already that I need to read, and it has just been burning a hole in my bookshelf. Um you know, that's how the expression goes. But <laughs> Joe, what is your next pick? Uh, my next pick is a beautiful cover. Like, it's got red edges. It's very striking. Uh, it comes out on June 11th. This is Horror Movie by Paul Tremblay. And I am so excited to read it. It's a chilling twist on the cursed film genre. So if you think of like The Ring um, from the best-selling author of The Paul Bearers Club and The Cabin at the End of the World. In June 1993, a group of young guerrilla filmmakers spent four weeks making Horror Movie, a notorious, disturbing art house horror flick. The weird part Only three of the film scenes were ever released to the public, but Horror Movie has nevertheless grown a rabid fan base. Three decades later, Hollywood is pushing for a big-budget reboot. The man who played the Thin Kid is the only surviving cast member. He remembers all too well the secrets buried within the original screenplay, the bizarre events of the filming, and the dangerous crossed lines on set that resulted in tragedy. As memories flood back in, the boundaries between reality and film, past and present, start to blur. But he's going to help remake the film, even if it means navigating a world of cynical producers, egomaniacal directors, and surreal fan conventions. Demons of the past be damned. But at what cost? Horror Movie is an obsessive, psychologically chilling, and suspenseful feat of storytelling genius that builds inexorably to an unforgettable, mind-bending conclusion. Again, that is Horror Movie by Paul Tremblay, out June 11th. And that cover, that cover, so good. I'm going to have to buy this one. I'm going to, because I need, I just love the striking like red pages against black cover. (laughs) And I think 2024 is going to be another boon year for horror. So we're getting a lot. I think so too. I I think so too, and I I think I'm in on the ground floor, so to speak, especially when I look at the rest of my list. Yeah, it there. I mean, 
there's just a ton, but that is why this list is the list that you picked. (laughs) Exactly. Unabashedly. Exactly. My next book is, I don't want to say a departure, but it is a little bit uh, different than the books that I've listed so far because I do want to have, you know, variety, the spice of life. My interests are diverse, sort of. (laughs) But the next book is Margot's Got Money Troubles by Rufy Thorpe. This is sort of uh, like a heartwarming coming of age, navigating life. The cover kind of reminds me of like Sally Rooney and, and those sorts of books. As the child of a Hooters waitress and an ex-pro wrestler, Margot Millet's always known she'd have to make it on her own. So she enrolls at her local junior college, even though she can't imagine how she'll ever make a living. She's still figuring things out and never planned to have an affair with her English professor. And while the affair is brief, it isn't brief enough to keep her from getting pregnant. Despite everyone's advice, she decides to keep the baby, mostly out of naivete and a yearning for something bigger. Now at 20, Margot is alone with an infant, unemployed, and on the verge of eviction. She needs a cash infusion, fast. When her estranged father, Jinx, shows up on her doorstep and asks to move in with her, she agrees in exchange for help with childcare. Then Margot begins to form a plan. She'll start an OnlyFans as an experiment and soon finds herself adapting some of Link- some of Jinx's advice from the world of wrestling, like how to craft a compelling character and make your audience fall in love with you. Before she knows it, she's turned it into a runaway success. Could this be the answer to all of Margot's problems or does internet fame come with too high a price? Blisteringly funny and filled with sharp insight, Margot's Got Money Troubles is a tender tale starring an endearing young heroine who's struggling to wrest money and power from a world that has little interest in giving it to her. It's a playful and honest examination of the art of storytelling and controlling your own narrative and an empowering portrait of coming into your own, both online and off. This was just such an interesting premise to me. It sounds very 2024. Uh, so this is Margot's Got Money Troubles by Rufy Thorpe. This is out June 11th. And this sounds like a humorous take on struggles that I think a lot of people can relate to. Not knowing what you're doing, navigating childcare, navigating money problems, online persona, offline persona, et cetera. So uh, this is definitely a book I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a ton of fun. Like, good approach that I want to hear. <laughs> My next pick is Home is Where the Bodies Are by Geneva Rose, because I won't be diversifying my portfolio on this list. (laughs) This is from the New York Times bestselling author of The Perfect Marriage and You Shouldn't Have Come Here. And this is a chilling family thriller about the sometimes literal skeletons in the closet. After their mother passes, three estranged siblings reunite to sort out her estate. Beth, the oldest, never left home. She stayed with her mom, caring for her until the very end. Nicole, the middle child who has been kept at arm's length to do her ongoing battle with serious drug addiction. And Michael, the youngest, the youngest who lives out of state and hasn't been back to their small Wisconsin town since their father ran out on them seven years before. While going through their parents' belongings, the siblings stumble upon a collection of home videos and decide to revisit those happier memories. However, the nostalgia is cut short when one VHS tape reveals a night back in 1999 that none of them have any recollection of. On screen, their father appears covered in blood. What follows is a dead body and a pact between their parents to get rid of it before the video abruptly ends. 
Beth, Nicole, and Michael must now decide whether to leave their past in the past or uncover the dark secret their mother took to her grave. Again, that is Home is Where the Bodies Are by Geneva Rose, out April 30th. Geneva Rose. I know you introduced me to her. And uh, of course, I've also got yet another VHS tape cover here, but like her writing is so oof. It sounds fantastic. It's it's going to be good. I'm beyond ready for it. Speaking of fantastic, <laughs> if I do say so myself, my next pick is An Education in Malice by S.T. Gibson. This is out February 13th. I have talked a little bit about S.T. Gibson's other books, including A Dowry of Blood. So deep in the forgotten hills of Massachusetts stands St. Perpetua's College. Isolated and ancient, it is not a place for timid girls. Here, secrets are currency, ambition is lifeblood, and strange ceremonies welcome students into the fold. On her first day of class, Laura Sheridan is thrust into an intense academic rivalry with the beautiful and enigmatic Carmilla. Together, they are drawn into the confidence of their demanding poetry professor, De La Fontaine, who holds her own dark obsession with Carmilla. But as their rivalry blossoms into something far more delicious, Laura must confront her own strange hungers. Tangled in a sinister game of politics, bloodthirsty professors, and magic, Laura and Carmilla must decide how much they are willing to sacrifice in their ruthless pursuit of knowledge. So yeah, dark academia, fantasy, romance, a little bit of like historical fiction tossed in there. I feel like all of the allusion to like blood, insatiable, I'm getting vampire. I don't know if that's correct, but um, given A Dowry of Blood was about Dracula and his wives, we'll see. Uh, So An Education in Malice by S.T. Gibson is out on February 13th. Okay, look, I didn't only bring like strictly horror. This next one is YA fantasy horror. (laughs) This is Don't Let the Forest In by C.G. Drews, and this is out October 29th. As alluring as it is unsettling, award-winning author C.G. Drew's debut YA psychological horror will leave readers breathless and hesitant to venture deeper into the woods. Once upon a time, Andrew had cut out his heart and given it to this boy, and he was very sure Thomas had no idea that Andrew would do anything for him, protect him, lie for him, kill for him. High school senior Andrew Perot finds refuge in the twisted fairy tales that he writes for the only person who can ground him to reality, Thomas Rye, the boy with perpetually ink-stained hands and hair like autumn leaves, and with his twin sister Dove inexplicably keeping him at a cold distance upon their return to Wickwood Academy, Andrew finds himself leaning on his friend even more. But something strange is going on with Thomas. His abusive parents have mysteriously vanished, and he arrives at school with blood on his sleeve. Thomas won't say a word about it and shuts down whenever Andrew tries to ask him questions. Stranger still, Thomas is haunted by something, and he seems to have lost interest in his artwork, whimsically macabre sketches of the monsters from Andrew's wicked stories. Desperate to figure out what's wrong with his friend, Andrew follows Thomas into the off-limits forest one night and catches him fighting a nightmarish monster. Thomas's drawings have come to life and are killing anyone close to him. To make sure no one else dies, the boys battle the monsters every night, but as they're 
each other grows stronger monsters and andrew begins to fear that the only way to stop the creatures might be to destroy their creator so again that is don't let the forest in by cg drews out october 29th that sounds great and just i know there's so much to it there like (laughs) the vibes the vibes (laughs) and i'm gonna be so ready for that right before halloween (laughs) i agree my next pick is also vibes this is lady macbeth by ava reed this comes out august 6th the minute i heard that she had a new book called lady macbeth i literally just said yes i don't i i genuinely did not need to know more um this that is how much i knew this would be great and macbeth is my favorite shakespeare uh if i haven't said that i don't know what that says about me but don't Tell me if you have an interpretation. So yes, Ava Reed came out with A Study in Drowning last year, and she is back with a reimagining of Lady Macbeth. So the lady knows the stories, how her eyes induce madness in men. The lady knows she will be wed to the Scottish brute, who does not leave his warrior ways behind when he comes to the marriage bed. The lady knows his hostile, suspicious court will be a game of strategy, requiring all her wiles and hidden witchcraft to survive. But the lady does not know her husband has occult secrets of his own. She does not know that prophecy girds him like armor. She does not know that her magic is greater and more dangerous and that it will threaten the order of the world. She does not know this yet, but she will. So again, very little there, but what is there is absolutely something that I am cannot wait to read. So Lady Macbeth by Ava Reed. This is out August 6th. My next pick is A Dark Drowning Tide by Alison Saft. This one is out September 17th. The cover got me and I'm I'm here for it. It's just, it's moody. And again, here's my other kind of like different pick. It's fantasy, mythology, folklore, a dash of romance. A sharp-tongued folklorist must pair up with her academic rival to solve their mentor's murder in this lush and enthralling sapphic fantasy romance from the New York Times bestselling author of A Far Wilder Magic. So we follow Lorelai, who is the folklorist with a quick temper and even quicker wit. She's on an expedition with six eccentric nobles in search of a fabled spring. The magical spring promises untold power, which the king wants to harness in order to secure his reign over the embattled country of Brunstad. Lorelai is determined to use this opportunity to prove herself and make her wildest, most impossible dream come true, to become a naturalist, able to travel freely to lands she's only ever read about. The expedition gets off to a harrowing start when its leader, Lorelai's beloved mentor, is murdered in her quarters aboard the ship. The suspects are the five remaining mates, each with their own motive. The only person Lorelai knows must be innocent is her longtime academic rival, the insufferably gallant and maddeningly beautiful Sylvia von Wolf. Now in charge of the expedition, Lorelai must find the spring before the murderer strikes again, and a coup begins in earnest. There are other dangers lurking in the dark, forests that rearrange themselves at night, rivers with slumbering dragons hidden beneath the water, and shape-shifting beasts out for blood. As Lorelai and Sylvia grudgingly work together to uncover the truth and resist their growing feelings for each other, they discover that their leader had secrets of her own, secrets that make Lorelai question whether justice is worth pursuing and if this kingdom is worth saving at all. 
This is more of Emma's inspiration on me. But again, A Dark and Drowning Tide by Allison Saft out September 17th. This cover looks so good and creepy. Right? Creepy. Back on the vibes. Speaking of those vibes, we are continuing them right on into my next pick. I talked about this book on our Instagram and TikTok. So if you don't follow us there, do, uh, because you'll hear uh, things a little bit more in real time as we receive them. But I did get a copy of this already, and I cannot wait. And it is uh, for Lore of the Wilds by Annalise Sobrana. This comes out February 27th. This is fantasy. This is romance. There is a love triangle. There is an enchanted library. There are two handsome fae and a human. I don't know that we need more description there. That's certainly all that I needed for this book to be one of my most anticipated of the year. In a land ruled by ruthless fae, 21-year-old Lore Alamuyi's village is trapped in a forested prison. Lore knows that any escape attempt is futile. Her scars are a testament to her past failures. But when her village is threatened, Lore makes a desperate deal with a fae lord. She will leave her home to catalog and organize an enchanted library that hasn't been touched in a thousand years. No fae may enter the library, but there is a chance a human might be able to breach the cursed doors. She convinces him that she will risk her life for wealth, but really she's after the one thing the fae covet above all, magic of her own. As Lore navigates the hostile world outside, she's forced to rely on two fae males to survive. Two very different, very dangerous, very attractive fae males. When undeniable chemistry ignites, she's not just in danger of losing her life, but her heart to the very creature she can never trust. So yes, the theme of 2024 is fae. It is vampires. We, I like what I like. And Joe, <laughs> what's <laughs> next on your list? I have no doubt that you'll pick the f- every time. Um, just as I will probably pick the horror book every time, this is The House That Horror Built by Christina Henry. This one will be out May 14th. A single mother working in the gothic mansion of a reclusive horror director stumbles upon terrifying secrets in the captivating new novel from the national bestselling author of Good Girls Don't Die and Horseman. Harry Adams has always loved horror movies. So it's not a total coincidence that she took the job cleaning house for movie director Javier Castillo. His forbidding graystone Chicago mansion, Bright Horses, is filled from top to bottom with terrifying props and costumes, as well as glittering awards from his career making films that thrilled audiences until family tragedy and scandal forced him to vanish from the industry. Javier values discretion, and Harry has always tried to clean the house immaculately, keep her head down, and keep her job safe. She needs the money to support her son. But then she starts hearing noises from behind a locked door. Noises that sound remarkably like a human voice calling for help. Even though Javier lives alone in the man and never has visitors. Harry knows that not asking questions is a vital part of working for Javier. But she soon finds that the sinister house may be home to secrets she can't ignore. So that is The House That Horror Built by Christina Henry. Out May 14th. Sounds creepy. I mean, I love this kind of trope of just doing your job and you stumble upon something creepy and you're trying to figure it out. Very grown-up Scooby-Doo. I'm here for it. (laughs) 
I love that you called this grown-up Scooby-Doo. It's, well, isn't that kind yeah. of like... Yeah, it is. <laughs> when it I is. think about the horror <laughs> that I like to read, it's very like, ooh, we stumbled upon it. It's like grown-up Scooby-Doo, which I guess is also kind of supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> Not to yeah. derail us, but... <laughs> well, yeah, so we're trying to be <laughs> concise, so we won't talk about Supernatural and the Winchester Brothers. <laughs> again. I know, Again. <laughs> My next pick doesn't really need a ton of waxing poetic. I think a lot of people are going to be really excited for this release. And that is Slow Dance by Rainbow Rowell. Yes, this comes out July 23rd. This is her first adult novel in a long time. I don't remember the specific count, um, but this is, again, her, her first adult novel in a hot minute. And her writing is just so good. It's, it's, ugh, it's heartbreaking. It's humorous. It's crisp. Anyways, without going too in depth, Slow Dance tells a humorous and heartbreaking love story of best friends, Shiloh and Carrie, from their inseparable teen years to their far flung adulthoods as they try to figure out what their relationship is, where it went wrong, and how to finally make it right. Growing up on the wrong side of Omaha, all Shiloh could think about was getting away. At least she had Carrie in the meantime. Carrie to put up with her, Carrie to make her laugh. Carrie at 16, built like a stick of gum and driving his mom's beat-up station wagon. He had it worse than Shiloh did. Only their friendship got Carrie through high school, and when Shiloh went off to college, he joined the Navy. That was 14 years ago. Now Shiloh's 33 and feeling like she never did get away. She's back living in the same house she grew up in, working in a theater, but not on stage like she'd planned. And she's a divorced, single mom, just like her own mother, minus the revolving door of boyfriends. When Mikey, the only high school friend Shiloh still talks to, invites her to his wedding, the last thing she wants is to catch up with the old gang. But she buys a new dress, puts on some makeup, and throws on a jean jacket, hoping and also worrying that she might see Carrie, the boy she realized she loved until he was lost. Will Carrie be there? What will Shiloh say if he is? Slow Dance by Rainbow Rowell is out July 23rd. And she did just reveal the cover of this on her Instagram. If you would like to go see it, it is gorgeous. Yes. Rainbow Rowell is one of those authors that I simply can't ignore her things when they come out. My next pick is Where Sleeping Girls Lie by Farida Abika Ayimada. And this is out March 19th. So uh, no shocker here, we've got a boarding school with dark secrets and cover-ups. It's like I keep stumbling into a dark room, searching for the switch to make things bright again. Shade Hussein is starting her third year of high school, this time at the prestigious Alfred Noble Academy boarding school, after being homeschooled all her life. Misfortune has been a constant companion, but even Shade doesn't expect her new roommate, Elizabeth, to disappear after Shade's first night, or for people to think she had something to do with it. With rumors swirling around her, Shade catches the attention of the girls collectively known as the Unholy Trinity, and they bring her into their fold. Between learning more about them, especially Persephone, who Shade is inexplicably drawn to, and playing catch-up in class, Shade already has so much on her plate. But when it seems people don't care enough about what happened to Elizabeth to really investigate, it's up to she and Elizabeth's best friend to solve it. 
And then a student is found dead. As they keep trying to figure out what's going on, Sade realizes there's more to Alfred Noble Academy and its students than she thought. Secrets lurk around every corner and beneath every service. Secrets that rival even her own. This is Where Sleeping Girls Lie, out March 19th, by Barita Abika Aimida. My next pick is We Love the Nightlife by Rachel Kohler Croft. This comes out on August 20th. So you may remember Rachel from last year. She came out with Stone Cold Fox, and this is her second novel. And man, does it sound good. And the theme of this year apparently is vampires. Vampires are big and back for 2024. So this is set in London, 1979. Two women with a deep love for disco meet one fateful night on the dance floor, changing the course of both their lives. Nicola, a beautiful and brooding vampire for nearly two centuries, can't resist fun-loving and feisty Amber from America, ultimately offering an eternity together where the glamour of nightlife always takes center stage. But not all is what it seems. Nearly 50 years later, after an unexpected betrayal, Amber wants out from under Nicola's thumb, but it won't be so simple to break up this festering friendship when she learns others have done the same and wound up dead. Sensing Amber's restlessness and in one last play to keep her close, Nicola proposes they open a nightclub of their very own, hearkening back to their best days as dancing queens. Amber agrees, but she's secretly hatching a dangerous escape plan. And if she fails, the party is over for good. This is We Love the Nightlife by Rachel Kohler-Croft, and this is out on August 20th. Oh my gosh, that sounds yep. fantastic. Oh, yep. I can't wait to see the cover on this one too, because her, as I open it, ooh, oh, that's yeah. beautiful. She's just got a good way with picking covers. The yeah. green on her first was so striking. And this is just very, it's very nightlife. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Joe, what's your next pick? My next pick is Only Say Good Things by Crystal Hefner, Surviving Playboy and Finding Myself. This one is out January 23rd. Finally, not a long wait on my list. This is a raw and unflinching look at the objectification and misogyny of the Playboy Mansion, a woman's stolen young adulthood and her journey to self-acceptance, and a rare look inside Hugh Hefner's final days. At just 21 years old, Crystal Harris's life changed forever when she attended a party at the notorious Playboy Mansion. Picked out of the crowd by Hugh Hefner, she became one of his infamous girlfriends, attending glamorous Hollywood parties and traveling the world. Yet this seemingly alluring lifestyle had a dark side. Her Hef controlled his girlfriends with strict rules regarding everything from their hair and makeup to their curfews, and Crystal was forced to compete with other women for her spot in the highly hierarchical system. Living at the mansion, she felt more like a fixture than a resident. She rose quickly to the top, but being Hef's number one girlfriend came at the cost of Crystal's identity outside her role in the Playboy universe. Her fate seemed sealed when Hef surprised her with a marriage proposal she could not imagine refusing. But as Crystal Hefner, she grew increasingly restless to understand who she truly was away from what she saw as Playboy's toxic culture. In Only Say Good Things, Crystal offers a vulnerable and clear-eyed look at how her experience with Hugh Hefner catalyzed her transformative journey from someone who prized external validation over all else to a person who finally recognizes her true worth. So that is Only Say Good Things by Crystal Hefner, and this is out January 23rd. That sounds so good. 
another celebrity memoir from me, but it looks deeply personal and moving and like a fascinating fixture that I, I think a lot of us, I definitely don't think of Playboy. So like a, a cultural phenom to kind of like learn a bit more about. Yeah, exactly. Especially when I feel like this Playboy was very big. Like it seems like again in the early 2000s. And so I'm intrigued to see what she has to say now that it's, you know, many, many years later. For real. My last pick is Nothing Like the Movies by Lynn Painter. So this book does not have much information because it doesn't come out until the fall of this year. It just says fall of 2024. So we're going off very little. Um, It's dual POV, dual pining, and college summer break. Wes Bennett is the mastermind. Sometimes life goes off the rails and nothing is like the movies. So for those of you that are like, Emma, huh? None of that makes any sense. Um, it's because it's the sequel to Lynn Painter's book, Better Than the Movies. And so we really don't have any information yet other than we do get a return to the characters that we met in Better Than the Movies, Wes and Liz. I really cannot wait to return to these two characters. And again, I enjoy a dual POV. So nothing like the movies by Lynn Painter comes out at some point this fall. And the minute I know more, you'll probably hear about it. I mean, hey, dual POV, <laughs> you can use that on the on the challenge. <laughs> My last pick is Knife by Salman Rushdie. This is out April 16th, so not, not too long of a wait. But this is Salman speaking out for the first time and in unforgettable detail about the traumatic events of August 12th, 2022. Um, he answers uh, violence with art and reminds us of the power of words to make sense of the unthinkable. Knife is a gripping, intimate, and ultimately life-affirming meditation on life, loss, love, art, and finding the strength to stand up again. So if you don't know what happened on August 12th, 2022, uh, this is where uh, Salman survived a searing, this is his searing, deeply personal account of enduring and surviving an attempt on his life 30 years after the fatwa that was ordered against him. So this is directly looking into, I mean, basically a hit taken out against his life. And as the, the, subtitle says meditations after an attempted murder so i'm very intrigued to hear what his experience was like and what recovery looked like in in kind of his his own words so very much looking forward to this title and that that takes us to the end of our lists yes wow wow I what a roller coaster. I mean, we just we just went through it. Yeah. So if you made it this far, bless you. Um, those mm-hmm. are the 30 most anticipated uh pro book nerds books of 2024. We hope with more you, waiting in the wings yeah. to be added. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, let us know and happy listening. Happy listening, happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. 
Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.